stopped, get him stopped. God and Moses both in a sidecar could not drive a sprint car with a thousand horsepower. I swear to God, he's done a double somersault backwards. My car won't go past wide open. Uh, my 50,000 came in a Twinkie box. You know, I get my jollies off over looking at a nice car wash. You know he's going to crash your shit, but he's still, he's still got great stories. Oh, they disappeared. Oh, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> you plated your old ball sack and you just freaking let it eat. It's all goddamn assholes and elbows. And if you ain't right... They'll send your ass to the rear. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Open Red, the official podcast of the World of Outlaws, NOS, Energy Drinks, Sprint Cars. As always, my name is Rob Blount from Dirt Vision, and joining me by phone from the wonderful city that is Oswego, New York, on location for Super Dirt Week, Nick Graziano, the PR god of the World of Outlaws. Hello, 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 hello. Can you hear me? <laughs> uh, we can hear you, Nick. How you doing up there? I know, all the way from up in Oswego, New York, the cold, windy city. Uh, it, it's not too bad. We're getting everything ready for Super Dirt Week coming up this week. Um, so, yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, activity and, well, I guess we can say funness, I guess we want to call it that at the moment. <laughs> how uh, how cold is it up there, you know, being that you're like a stone's throw from uh, Canada, the, our, our neighbors yeah. of the Great White North? I'm probably going to jinx it, but for Oswego, it's not too bad. A little, It's actually a little humid out. Uh, almost don't even need a jacket, which is surprising for Oswego in October. Yeah. But uh, that's nice right now, at least. Uh, a little cloudy. can uh, to be expected, but um, so far some nice weather for uh, some Super Dirt Week action we got going on this week at Oswego Speedway. Very cool. Well, hopefully it'll stay that way uh, all the way through Sunday. And our our, our fans of the the big block modified variety will uh, get to enjoy some racing, whether they're at the track in uh, upstate New York uh, or watching on Dirt Vision. For sure, and I think we'll hear. In just a few minutes, how some of our uh, sprint car fans can find some uh, connections to to watch on Dirt Vision on Sunday if they can't be there. Uh, someone they might want to follow. Yeah, I'm they sh- might see at their a track near them pretty soon, maybe. Yeah, I'm sure uh, fans of this show who saw the title of it or saw it posted on social media were probably like, "Why are we talking to a big block modified driver on on Open Red?" Uh, a sprint car podcast but matt williamson who is our guest this week uh and we recorded this actually last week before nick went went out to to us we go um we recorded this before matt williamson actually parked it in victory lane for the super dirt car series at brewerton speedway last night on tuesday um matt williamson has been dabbling in the open wheel variety with uh wings on the cars which has been really cool so we spoke to him about that yeah it was uh i was talking to him for a media call the other day and uh he just mentioned hey i'm doing some sprint car racing I'm like oh well here we got we got a new sprint car guy to talk to here so uh, a lot of people probably heard the name uh glenn Styers before he's been racing for him up in canada um and matt wasn't shy about saying you know he'd like to do some more sprint car racing and a win in a sprint car would be pretty big to him right now so hopefully uh maybe one day we'll see him in a more butt lock car who knows but uh it was a fun interview with him yeah it definitely was i like how you were like huh that's interesting matt you 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 are racing sprint cars now i happen to have a place where you can talk about racing sprint cars 
Yeah, exactly. It was like, come on, we we have the uh, <laughs> the outlet for you to grow your sprint car career. We'll we'll have the it's uh, you know his his sprint car career blossom because everybody saw heard of him on open red. Right, that would be the ultimate. It seems like this this being a guest on Open Red thing has worked out for him already. He just parked it last night, like we said. So uh, he's off to a good start at Super Dirt Week, and maybe it can improve the rest of the way after this deal. He can go out, defend his Super Dirt Week title, and then uh, park it in victory lane and do a wing dance on a sprint car soon. Exactly. Maybe even at uh, one of these PA tracks we've been uh, racing at here recently, like Williams Grove, had a pretty good race there over the weekend so uh let's talk about how good was saturday's race man uh, i mean for a national open to come down to something like that was just wild that was uh i'd say all the fans there that packed that place and whoever was watching the dirt vision definitely got their money's worth that night that place sure was packed too oh man national that's i think we mentioned it before national open is definitely one you got to go to if you get the chance to just the atmosphere is so crazy there yeah uh absolutely and you know uh our last guest lindsey barna from fox 43 up in pennsylvania said that uh said that a posse guy was gonna win and i i mean i just like to say uh that didn't happen no it's like we've you know we let her say it you know let it get it out try try to you know, kind of, kind of cope with them. It's, it's a grieving process. You know, we're trying not to be too mean, but we knew the outlaw guy was going to win. Obviously, I mean, you can't even call it a rivalry anymore. It's yeah, rivalries exactly. typically I mean, aren't one-sided. I mean, we had it was outlaws like what uh, the the podium was like three in top five or four in top five something like that. I think it was the whole podium and four of the top five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, I guess you can say I don't know. We'll see what happens next year, but. It was all outlaws, so we're happy at least. Yeah, I'm, I know they've still got two more races that they could potentially win, but the, all the fun at Williams Grove is over with until next year. But uh, let's get into our interview presented by Manscaped and uh, hear from Matt Williamson before we break down uh, a weekend's worth of racing at the National Open at Williams Grove. So here we go. Matt Williamson on Open Red. Williamson brings it off the turn. Williamson wins the Billy Whitaker Cars 200. Williamson up on the car. Checkered flag in hands. The 88 up back. Williamson. And joining us today is Matt Williamson. Um, obviously, you might recognize that name as the 2019 Super Dirt Car Series champion. Uh, but actually, something pretty cool recently, you've been uh, dabbling in sprint cars a little bit. Um, where'd that come from? <laughs> um, you know, I've been I've been friends with Glenn Styers uh, from Oshawa Speedway for a, for a while. Uh, back in my sportsman days, we used to race there weekly. Um, and Glenn actually bought a modified this year. So when he did that, I decided that. You know, I, I'd asked him if he wanted some help with the modified stuff, and um, one thing led to another, and I was racing a sprint car for him. So, um, amazing opportunity. You know, I can't thank him enough. Uh, Kevin Lovey's crew chief on the car. He he uh, makes sure that I'm comfortable in it. I mean, th- them guys are great, and uh, it's been been a pretty cool experience this year. Yeah, for sure. I saw a couple starts so far. What was your interest in sprint cars at all? Had you been kind of uh, talking with him a little bit about it before, maybe kind of testing the waters to see what maybe you could do there? Or was it just kind of um, just a random thing thrown out to you and like, yeah, hey, let's try it? Yeah, I mean, more of a random thing. 
you know, I'm not sure where it'll go, but, uh, it's just cool to be able to jump from one car to another and, and, and make myself more diverse. You know, um, it's, it's cool to win all these modified races but to, to win one, one sprint car race right now would be, would be pretty amazing. You know, you, once you win your, your first sportsman race, you feel like you got to go to the next level. When you win your first modified race, you feel like you got to go to the next level. So, um, the modified stuff pays the bills right now, but, uh, if I, if I could win a sprint car race in the near future, it'd be pretty cool. So what's it been like so far? Like, how do you compare? I mean, I hear at times, I hear that a big block modified is kind of like a sprint car with a body on it. Is that kind of true at all? Or is or are they just completely different race cars? Um, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty different. Um, we, we raced the first time at Humberstone and then the second time I raced, I raced at Merrittville. Um, Humberstone was, was very slow, uh, like a, like a three eighths mile little pole ring. Um, and it got slippery right away. So I never really got to feel the wing or the, or the power that they had, you know? Um, but when we went to Merrittville, it was, it was, uh, early September. Um, I think it had rained all week. Um, you know, the, the weather was, the weather was really optimal for, for a good track surface. And, and when we got out for hot laps, I think I was like two and a half seconds faster than, than I'd ever been around Merrittville in a modified. So, um, you know, that was, that was pretty cool. I got to feel the wing and, um, you know, feel the difference really, you know, from a sprint car to a modified, um, you know, with the aero stuff and, and the weight difference and all that. But, uh, when I raced it at Humberstone, it felt very similar to a modified, you know, we were slip sliding around and, um, we had too much horsepower. We couldn't hook up and it was just, uh, it was, it was very similar to what I was used to. When you say you're feeling the wing, what does that feel like? Or, or how do you, how can you explain that to someone that has absolutely zero idea what that feels like? Um, you know, in a, in a modified, typically when you're driving down the straightaway, you're, you're up on the right front, almost similar to like a late model, um, where the rear decks up in the air and, and you're off the left rear and you're on the right front and, when you go to steer into the corner, you're, you're already on the steer tire. Um, the spring car was almost, you know, when, when the, when the wing settles down and you feel the wing, that's, that's settling down on the left rear and, and it, it's getting off the right front. You know, it's, it's, you're using the wing to turn instead of your right front tire, which was, um, it was different for me. Uh, I, I wasn't used to it. I, I like the feeling of the right front, uh, steering the car, not the wing, but, um, and I, and I'm typically like a, like a, a straight, you know, drive off the right front kind of driver, not, not so much abusing the rear tires and, and sprint car racing was a little different. So it took me a while to learn that, but, uh, it was pretty cool. Now, as you said, you ran those couple of races, but had pretty decent runs. Uh, both of them uh, says third 13th finished 10th. Uh, so not too shabby right off the bat. Um, like you said, just getting comfortable in it. What, when did you feel like you were comfortable and what was, what, what did that moment or that kind of that click moment for you was like? Yeah. I mean, both, both races, we started 13th, both we finished 10th and both we drew like, like, you know, absolutely terrible. <laughs> um, it, it, there's one thing that's very similar from my modified to sprint car racing is that I can't draw worth a shit. So, um, <laughs> we, we started last in the heat at Humberstone and, and got up to fifth, but it was passing points. So you know, I think it works off of like where you finish is a higher than how many cars you actually pass. So we didn't make the redraw and same exact same thing happened at Maribel. We started last finished fifth in the heat race and, um, didn't make the passing points draw. So, um, but it was, it was, uh, it was cool. I mean, as far as being comfortable, um, I got to, I got to run it at Maribel first to test and, um, just kind of took it out for one session. We didn't, we didn't necessarily test like we would in a modified where we tried different things and, 
um, you know, figuring out setups and stuff like that. It was just more uh, getting it and see see what you can do. And um, I felt comfortable after about the second session when I stopped uh, taking my habits from my modified and, and trying to make them work in a sprint car. Um, you know, I was I was slowing down, running the guardrail, trying to get off in the in the brown. You know, not not letting the tire spin and, you know, letting the motor idle right down. And it just, it wasn't working for, for the sprint car. It's not what it liked. So, um, the second session I went out and just kind of momentumed up and, and just rode around the top and, and it felt comfortable for me. So after that test, like how quickly are you back up to comfort the next time you go back to race? Like, was it after hot laps where you're like, okay, now it felt normal. Or was it like the, the first lap of hot laps you went out there and, you know, it's just, it's probably just muscle memory for you to do what you would normally do in a modified. Did you have to like actively think to correct what you would normally do? Um, a little bit. You know, we we were comfortable uh, right away. I think the biggest thing um, was going like from from hot laps to the heat race um, was going out and racing against other cars and 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 being aware of where everybody else is on the racetrack. You know, it was one thing to go out and test on our own and, and feel comfortable and then go out for hops and be on your own and, you know, kind of on your own where you're with other cars, but you, you got space. Um, and then obviously the heat race, you know, your, your double file coming to the green. And that was a, that was a different experience just because of the open wheel. And, um, obviously sprint cars, you know, they, they need respect. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of people that have got hurt in sprint cars and, um, they're, they're a totally different animal than what I'm used to. You know, you can't rub, can't rub wheels and, bang sidebars and, and, and rely on a body to save you. So, um, that was a little intimidating, but, uh, once I got, once I got control of the car, it got, got used to it. One of the things as as an outsider, who's never sat in any race car. Um, one of the things that I've always thought would be a bit of an adjustment is that down panel on, on the right side of the wing, blocking your, your view out of the right front of the car. How much of an adjustment was that for you? Um, to be honest, I thought it would be more, um, when we were racing, I didn't really notice it as much, uh, all because things happen too fast. You know, you're, you're more watching what's ahead of you than you are beside you. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly, it's not as open and, and, you know, view, viewful as a modified is. And uh, you talked about like Merrittville, I think a couple seconds faster than a modified. I think it was. Stuart Friesen that might have said when he got out of a sprint car, like all of a sudden the the modified almost felt a little bit slower to him. Did, did you feel, get that sensation at all? Even there's a couple of races you've done when you hop back into your modified, did it feel any different to you after running a sprint car? Um, not really. Uh, you know, I went from Merrittville, which really, I mean, we were going around there pretty fast, but in a sprint car. Um, but I went from there to, to Land of Legends and, and you know the old Canada Agua Speedway right. for a Super Dirt Series race the next night and. Um, Canada Egwood, you're you're typically going faster in a modified than a sprint car would around Maryville. So it it wasn't like I jumped in a sprint car and then and then went back to Maryville and jumped in a modified. It was um, one track to another. So I didn't get that feeling so much. But uh, we did go out and set fast time in hot laps at Canada Egwood. So I mean, maybe maybe it was uh, maybe it was something. Yeah. So I have to ask, what are the odds that we're gonna see uh, a number eighty eight? Buzz Chew Chevy sprint car down at, at Volusia for Dirt Car Nationals along with the modified with you behind the wheel of it. You think that could ever uh, happen? No, a sprint car with Buzz Chew on the side of it is probably uh, like a, a million to one odds. Um, <laughs> I know I know them guys, they're, they're old asphalt guys and uh, they're enjoying their time racing modifieds and dirt. And, you know, everybody's pretty smart with that stuff, but uh, 
I know Buzz isn't really a fan of me getting in a sprint car and spot, spot the crew chief on the car is not really a fan of it. But, uh, I mean, all in all, it's good. It's going to help my driving, driving style and, and make me a better driver being diverse. So, um, they let me do it. And, you know, fortunately, uh, I get to race for Glenn. So that's, um, it's, it's just cool to be, to be able to do that. And, uh, I don't. I don't think we're going to see a, a sprint car with Buzz and me on the side of it, though. That's for sure. That was going to be my next question: was what did Buzz and Spot think when you told them, "Yeah, I'm going to go run a sprint car on Friday night"? Um, Spot was not a fan. Uh, <laughs> he uh, obviously, when when Mike Mike Mahaney drove for them, he did some sprint car racing, and um, I think Spot blames that for why they never had success because Mike wasn't focused on the modified, and you know, he just he he didn't want me to get you know good in a sprint car and then all of a sudden you know they're looking for another driver so um it's uh we, we we've been rolling pretty good in, in the 88 over the last you know since i started driving for them over the last year and a half two years um and you know we don't want to screw anything up we want to keep everything everything rolling pretty good so um, I think that's what his biggest worry was. Sure. Listen, I, I thought the odds of, of Buzz and Spot leaving pavement modifieds were a million to one after all the success they had so quickly with Woody Pitcat, but here they are, so I figured I had to ask, right? Yeah, for sure. So, obviously, with that in mind, uh, obviously, that's that's the main goal, that's the main focus, that's, the, like you said, the money bringer in, but for yourself, do you see wanting to maybe every now and then step a little bit higher up the sprint car ranks here or there, try something out a little bit. Maybe, I know we joked, maybe world of outlaw, a little test here one day or something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, it's a bucket list thing that to win a sprint car race. Now, um, I, I don't want to, I don't want to race two races and finish 10th in both races and not, not ever get back into one, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's, um, that's something I'd like to do at this point. I'd like to, I'd like to win a sprint car race. Um, and until we do that, I'm going to keep looking for opportunities to, to try and make that happen. So, um, it's, uh, you never know when it'll happen. It might, I don't think it'll happen before the the beginning of next year, but, um, you never know. Yeah. That'll be fun to see. Yes. Uh, it's definitely cool when drivers get to kind of dabble in different kinds of, uh, cars and different series, especially joining the sprint car ranks. It'll definitely be fun to see uh, a Matt Williamson at a world of all our race one day or something like that. Um, but obviously the big one coming up for you pretty soon here is super dirt week. Um, pretty cool to have that finally back in the last year. We got, um, October fast, uh, but this year we have the big super dirt week, um, which some sprint car fans might be a fan of because obviously we had sprint cars, uh, at super dirt week at one point, but, uh, for you, how is it to finally get back to just that big race that obviously you're the defending champion of as well? Yeah, it's, it's going to be cool. Um, Oswego is, uh, is a race that we all look forward to during the year. Um, not just because it pays a lot of money, but because, uh, it's, it's a historic race. I mean, 200 laps on a modified is, is pretty cool to do. Um, that's kind of make what makes modified racing unique is that we can go out and do live pit stops and, and, uh, race around on the dirt and still do, still do pit stops. So, um, the late model guys don't get to do the live pit stops, neither do the sprint car guys. So, um, it's, it's, it's our unique format of racing that, that happens once a year. So, um, super excited to get back to Oswego. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can replicate the success we had in, uh, 2019. You answered half of my question there with that one, but I was going to say for, for the sprint car fan that, maybe is listening to this and, and isn't too familiar with, with Super Dirt Week and the the, the 200 lapper there at Oswego, but or maybe, you know, hearing you speak and are kind of interested in a little bit, like what would be your your sales pitch to get uh, 
a newbie to come and and go to that event? Um, you know, obviously, you know, the pit stop part of it is is pretty cool. That's always what I looked forward to when I was a kid. Um, anything can happen, and um, like I said, two hundred lap race. I mean, that's it's excitement for from from one to two hundred, um, and it's uh, it's a, a big pain race. You know, fifty thousand dollars to win. That's a that's a ton of money. So. Um, it, it does, shouldn't take much convincing to get somebody to come to Oswego, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, we don't call it uh, racing's biggest party for no reason. That's right. Okay, so uh, that's I have to ask this one, too. You're obviously there for business, but how much of the party do you get to take part in throughout the week? I'm sure last, you know, two years ago, Sunday night, you definitely took part in it after winning. Yeah. I mean, that was, uh, that was one of the best nights of my life. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we, we went down to the bar, uh, down the road. Um, one of one of our sponsors paid the bartender and a little bit extra money to, to stay over. And, um, that was a good night, but, um, for the most part, I mean, ever since they moved, uh, the heat races to Friday night, Friday's kind of a burn day where you can relax and you don't need to, uh, you don't need to be up early in the morning at a driver's meeting. So, um, Thursday night we get to, we get to enjoy a little bit of it, but for the most part, we're there for business. Like I've heard a lot of drivers say that, um, this is obviously this is their Super Bowl, but this is like what you might be able to equate it to best. This is the Knoxville nationals for the big block modifieds and just the modified fans in general. This, this is a, a whole week of racing, modified racing, different tracks. And then still at Oswego all week as well. Uh, just so much going on. How do you prepare yourself for such a big event like this? Obviously, uh, the Modifieds run 100-lap races a lot, 75-lap races, a lot of endurance races, but how do you prepare yourself for a 200-lap race and just really a whole week's worth of uh, action and just on-track activity? Yeah, I mean, we're uh, we're working on the car now. Um, we, we go over it uh, a little bit more than what we would for a normal series race. Um, we have to add quick fill and, and make sure that the stuff can go through a live pit stop. Um, so that's one thing, but, uh, for the most part, like the, the planning and preparation is, is, um, more logistics kind of planning than anything else. You know, I gotta, I gotta race, um, three different cars during the week. Um, sometimes we race four if we, if we end up racing Saturday night, um, at the short track super series races, but, uh, I gotta race my, my own small block. Wednesday and Thursday night. So I got to get uh, that trailer to Weedsport and Brewerton. Um, I have to race Buzz's big block at Brewerton on Tuesday night. And then of course we have to have everything ready for us. We go to race the small block race there in the Coco and Wednesday six and Buzz's big block. So, um, that's, that's kind of my nightmare that I have to deal with throughout the week for, uh, for preparations. But, um, for the most part, I got a lot of good people that make it happen and make it a little bit easier than normal. Very cool. Yeah, it'll be really exciting to see uh, all that action taking place, and uh, I just had, cool to see Super Dirt Week back uh, in general this year. Uh, nice to see a lot of the fans coming back. Uh, unfortunately, uh, a lot of uh, the Canadian fans and Australian fans can't make it this year, but uh, glad you got to make it back, o- make it over here uh, this year for Super Dirt Car Series races and for Super Dirt Week. Um, so yeah, excited to see all that and uh, just kind of what the rest of the season holds. Yeah, me too. I mean, these are, uh, these are the races that really matter and, um, they can set you up good going into the winter or you can go into winter pretty depressed. So, um, <laughs> we're, uh, we're certainly going to try our hardest and, and make sure, uh, make sure we run good towards the end of the year here. Do you think you're in a, a, a pretty good position to, uh, defend your win from a couple of years ago? 
Um, I think so. I mean, uh, we've got good notes. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those places that there's no home track advantage. Um, you know, it's not like, it's not like it's a place that we haven't been racing at and somebody else has. Um, so, so we've got, we've got the notebook from two years ago and hopefully, uh, we can put it all together and, and run, uh, run one good enough to, uh, to defend. Very cool. Well, we'll be, we'll be pulling for you to see if you can, uh, pull off that, the repeat of, or back, back to back, I guess you kind of call it, even though there's a year in between, which is the, the oddity that, that COVID has presented us with, I guess. It's, it's still a four. There's just postponed. So yeah, back yeah. to back. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Matt, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Best of luck next week at Oswego Speedway, and uh, best of luck as you continue to dabble in the uh, sprint car world. Yeah, no problem at all, guys. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, big thank you to Matt Williamson for joining us. That was uh, uh, cool to hear. It's always cool to see uh, drivers trying new disciplines and getting involved in different racing series. Obviously, we've we've seen guys like uh, Stuart Friesen do this before, big modified guy but dabbling sprint cars it'll be cool to see where uh matt williamson's uh sprint car career takes him now obviously he's pretty good in a, in a big block modified the defending super dirt week champion and the super dirt car series champion too yeah I, I would say he's no slouch in those cars and uh it doesn't i guess surprise me that he's doing well in his in his limited sprint car start so far because of what we asked him everyone says that a big block modified is basically a, a sprint car with a body on it um obviously there's differences there's a little bit less downforce because there's no wing on top but uh and they're also just heavier but outside of that it, it it's really no shock to me and it's, it's just cool like you said to see drivers do this like we've seen it recently uh with Kyle Larson going from the open wheel side to, to late right. models and uh, things like that. So it's just, it's cool to see more crossover and uh, I, I hope to see it continue um, for other drivers. And I, and I hope to see Matt continue to be running the sprint car and hopefully he can get that wish and get to do a wing dance pretty soon. I think would be really cool. So next year is the 50th anniversary of Super Dirt Week. Obviously, the sprint cars used to be a big part of Super Dirt Week. I say next year we get the sprint cars to be part of Super Dirt Week, and we see Matt Williamson in a sprint car in that race. How about that? Uh, I'd be on board with it. Um, I also happen to think that you usually know when things are being scheduled, and you kind of you, you have the number for I, I the right people. I, I am definitely not hitting anything. That is not. I don't know if that's been in the talks. I'm just throwing that out there. So. Oh, I wasn't saying you were. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't saying you were. I'm just saying you know the right people to to try to make that, that phone yeah. call and try to use some of your some of your influence here and uh, try to make that a possibility. I like how you did that disclaimer because you thought I was going in that direction, but no, I was just saying you should just use some of your influence. Yeah, I don't want to get anybody's hopes up or mad or anything. I I know nothing, but I'm just saying it would be. I think it'd be cool. This was uh, not exactly where I was thinking that we were going to go, but since we kind of brought up scheduling real quick, one thing that was confirmed this week is the World of Outlaws are headed back to the last great Coliseum in yeah. 2022. So how about that? Yeah, that is one thing we can say, and that's very cool. Obviously, the, the late models put out some of their schedule, uh, announced Bristol, and we announced that, hey, we'll be there with them. So it'll be uh, one of all late models and one of all sprint cars back at Bristol uh, next year. I believe it's the end of April. 
uh, you'll see us there. So that'll yes. be fun. Yeah, I think it's the weekend of like April 30th, May 1st, like it's a or maybe it's April 29th, 30th. It's yeah. a weird weekend where the, it's the the end of a month and the start of a month splits the weekend. Um but yeah, I think Friday and Saturday is the 29th and 30th. And that's going to be awesome. I love any time that the late models and sprint cars are on the same bill together. Uh, it's always fun at World Finals. It was fun in 2020, I believe it was, uh, when we did that combo at Cedar Lake um, yep. for the, uh, what is it, the Independence Day Spectacular, I think we call yep. it. There you go. And it was, it's it's just fun. So having those two divisions ripping around the last great Coliseum, uh, is going to be great. I, I got to tell you, Nick, uh, uh, I think I said this to you off air. After going back to Bristol for the night race on the concrete, I was like, let's just leave the dirt off of this place. Like the, the, the racing for NASCAR there is just so good on the concrete. However, if the dirt was going to be put back down, I'm like, at least let our divisions go back there one more time. Because uh, I know that there was talk of us not going back and the fact that we are and it's actually just taking those weekends and putting them together has me very excited yeah for sure i mean we are the premier dirt racing series so let us put on the premier dirt racing show uh, it'll be fun and i know they've already been talking about some maybe a little different uh changes to the track to maybe just slow it down a little bit more for everybody um so it'll be another really fun show next year i think it's definitely gonna be can't miss it's just like we've always we've been talking about it in previous episodes just going to bristol in general is just such a cool experience just that the atmosphere of that track and just the track in general that coliseum look it's like you hear it from everybody once you walk in it's just like jaw-dropping yeah i i i almost call it heaven on earth i love that place it's one of my favorite absolute favorite places uh in america i can't say in the world because i haven't really been out and outside of north america so i'll just say in north america yeah, that works. I don't know. You know, I don't know. There's obviously there's dirt tracks all around the world, but something like Bristol, I don't know if there really is. If you, you find that anywhere else in the world, though, I, I think we might be safe saying in, in, in the world, maybe. Okay. Yeah, that works. We'll then, go with it. In the world. Um, let's move on and take a look back at this past weekend's uh, racing action. What do you say? Yeah. Williams Grove, two nights at Williams Grove, some. Uh, Fun Williams Grove action. If you're playing uh, a game of shots, just use Williams Grove. We'll keep seeing Williams Grove. <laughs> <laughs> Did it just like dawn on you? Wow, I said that like a yes, lot of like times. times really in a- <laughs> yeah, just, just gonna stick with it now. It sounded Williams like Grove. the uh, the peace rap at a Catholic church. <laughs> okay. Do, uh, have you? It's, I don't know what your sprint car racing. I don't know what your religion is, but if you've ever been to a Catholic church, right right before. Uh, right before communion is is given, uh, the priest just says the word peace like twelve times over the course of like a minute and a half span. It's just and 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 peace and and more peace and peace be with you. And it's like wow, that's the only word I am hearing right now is just the word peace. And and I I don't remember what comedian it was. It might have actually been Dane Cook going way back now. Uh, I think he called it the peace rap. Anyway, uh, this was uh, a tangent that was unnecessary, um, but. Yes, Williams Grove is our drinking word because we ran two nights of racing at Williams Grove for the 59th Annual Champion Racing Oil National Open. Friday night, uh, the preliminary night, uh, Kyle Larson, he he went and did Kyle Larson things and went out there and won. That's 
pretty much all there was to it on Friday yeah, night. What did uh, Donnie Schatz call him in an interview? Baby Jesus? Something <laughs> like that? <laughs> like, what are you going to do when Baby Jesus is out front? So. <laughs> yeah, he just he went out there and did what he normally does, which is, uh, which is win. Uh, Friday night's results, it was Kyle Larson taking the victory. He led all 25 laps. Uh, Logan Schuhart finished in second. Donnie Schatz finished in third. Anthony Macri fourth. Brent Marks in fifth. Lance DeWeese in sixth. Freddie Raymer seventh. Danny Dietrich eighth. Darren Pittman ninth. And Carson Macedo in tenth. Uh, I got to tell you, Donnie, I don't think, got the results, obviously, that he wanted out of this weekend. I think it was really just the redraw kind of did not go his way uh, yeah. for the dash because he had so much speed both nights. I think, like you said, he was happy with getting the podium the first night, but yeah, I definitely think wasn't the overall uh, result he was hoping for. Um, I think he was my pick to win the National Open, uh, so got that one wrong, but I don't think any of us had Carson Macedo winning it. Nope, nope, definitely not. Um, I'm impressed. I don't know if you went and looked that up or if you just remembered it, but I really don't even remember who I picked to win the National Open. I'll have to take a look back, uh, but I know it was not Carson Macedo. Um, yeah. Freddie Raymer. KSE Hard Charger Award at a place where a lot of people say, oh, there's no passing at Williams Grove. 19 spots gained from 26th to 7th. Wow. Super impressive. Yeah, there's, yeah, for, for those that would say, oh, like you said, there's always the, oh, there's no passing at Williams Grove. That was not the case for this natural open. It was one hell of a show with a lot of great passing. Yes. Uh, another driver who gained 10 spots on the evening, uh, is our points leader. Brad Sweet actually had to take a provisional. I believe it was his first provisional of the year. Started 25th, finished in 15th. This night had the potential that we all were, I guess you could say, for lack of a better term, hoping for to, to shake things up in the points. David Gravel was running like second, third. It was running top five most of the evening with Brad just buried like 18th or so. And just disaster struck the two car. Yeah, it's it's the night that Brad needed and Gravel didn't need. Like I said, it was a chance for Brad to maybe for Gravel to gain a lot of points, but I think Brad left almost actually increasing his points lead by eight points or so. Yeah. So I think he's gotta be pretty happy leaving Williams Grove now with still a pretty comfortable points lead. Uh going to a lot of tracks, he knows he's good at. So uh, I would say Brad might be uh, maybe the stress a little a little bit more off him with only a handful of races to go now. Yeah, this was, as, as we mentioned, as a lot of people have mentioned, this was the weekend that David Gravel must have had circled on his calendar to gain a lot of points. And it just did not go the way you would expect David Gravel to go at Williams Grove. He started, uh, started 10th. I know he drove up as high as 5th, but... That was really it. Like, he wasn't as strong at the Grove as he just normally is, but still was in a position to gain a lot of points. Uh, and I, I believe it was a mechanical issue uh, with just a handful of laps to go. Struck the two car, and that was it, and relegated him to a 25th place finish. Brad gained uh, a bunch of points on him by finishing 10 spots ahead of him. Yeah, it was uh, definitely... How do we want to put it? It was maybe, it wasn't, I don't know. We don't want to say it's not what we were hoping for, but it was, it was, it was what Brad was hoping for. It was, like I said, a little bit stress-free, not what 
definitely not what gravel is hoping for. He's hoping to gain a little bit more points. Obviously, still plenty of races for gain or lose, but um, championship is. Uh, I, th- I think we can. Uh, I don't want to say we can hand it to Brad yet, but he's probably a little bit more comfortable with it now. Well, David did go and gain back ten points uh, that he lost on Saturday night uh, by finishing fifth, while Brad finished in tenth. Uh, but that was another night, Saturday was, that could have been a very big gain. But the 49 proved why they're a championship-winning team. They minimized their damage, started 19th, and he drove his way up to 10th at arguably his worst racetrack to minimize their damage. Yeah, exactly. There's there's no denying that if they would get the championship that it was so deserving because like you said there's just just moments like these are show why they're a championship team why they're on the path to three consecutive championships now just they they know how to make these bad nights okay to not lose a lot of points they just they've hit brad and his his whole team have been uh mastered that pretty well so far yeah uh so with seven races remaining the points gap is is where it's been really the last arguably 10 races it's just right at hovering at that 128 points mark uh that is the gap between brad sweet and david gravel uh with seven races remaining carson macedo had a nice gain um to get back into the conversation for second at least uh he's now 142 points back of brad sweet um so that was nice for him and he did that by going out there and driving to the win in the national open what a pass! The two, heartbreak for Logan Schuart. It would be cool to to see him get that. Uh, but man, what what a move by Carson to get that lead and get the win. Uh, now, if you're Schuart, do you, do you tap him a little bit? I mean, you're, it's final lap, final corner, seventy five thousand. Uh, do you give him a little bit of love to try and keep that lead, or do you do what he did? Uh, so here's what I would have done differently if I was him. Um, I would have done a different one and two instead of maybe a different three and four by tapping him because he was committed pretty much all second half of that race to running the bottom and one and two and he just was not getting the drive off of two the way the 41 was and I feel like if he would have drove into one and pulled a slider the same way Carson did on him that would have broken up the 41's momentum enough that he might have been able to win the drag race down the backstretch and had the line going into three. That's, I think, really the only thing I would have done differently. Because right, every yeah, time I see someone yeah. put the bumper to someone, I, I, I think Donnie actually did it earlier in the race uh, to someone else. It seems like in a sprint car, if you put the bumper to someone, you end up losing more ground than the guy in front of you does unless you really jack them up. Right, you don't really want to just ran into the back of them, but maybe a little, little side bumper tap just to kind of kill their momentum, kill their uh, good run off the corner. But it was still at the same time, you don't. It just it was still good hard racing, clean racing, great race. Uh, it was cool to see. Um, yeah, it's William Williams Grove. That's that's what you see there. I mean, uh, a Williams Grove race coming down to the last lap, especially for the National Open. What more could you ask for, right? Yeah, exactly. The one of the a big crown jewel. We've had some pretty fun crown jewels this season, and to yeah. kind of cap off the national open like that is just it just shows how good the season has been in general for Wallace Spring Car Racing. Absolutely, I know Logan Schuhart's just heartbroken that he finished second at the national open, but honestly, if there's anything to hold their hat on, 
Williams Grove, even though it's one of his home tracks, is not one of his stronger places. And to walk out of there uh, second both nights, that's that's something to gain on for going into 22. Yeah, he's got to be super happy. It was cool to see the Bobby Allen paint scheme back too, but it was yeah. funny. Like there's someone I know they're getting their pool. They're asking, so Lucas Schuer at Williams Grove, what do you think? Like, ah, like he's good there, but I wouldn't say he's like top five. Usually he's good for a top 10. And of course he almost goes out and wins both of them. Like, well, foot in mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that shows us as the experts, Nick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, taking a look at the top 10 finishers from the 59th National Open. Carson Macedo gets the win. Uh, started in sixth. Logan Schuhart finished second. Sheldon Hoddenshield in third. Anthony Macri fourth. David Gravel in fifth. Donnie Schott sixth. Lance DeWeese in seventh. Kyle Larson in eighth. James McFadden ninth. And Brad Sweet rounded out the top 10. Uh, Brent Marks led laps 1 through 12. Uh, through twelve. Uh, Logan Schuhart led laps 13 through 35. Macedo 36 through 40. And your hard charger goes to Brad Sweet for a gain of 9 spots. The driver that I mentioned in that lap leaders list but did not mention in the top 10, Brent Marks started on the pole, finished in 15th after leading the first 12 laps of the evening. Yeah, it's too bad. It would have been cool to see uh, Brett get good finish, maybe another win there. I think we said he, he was the guy that maybe could have brought the the posse and outlaws together on being happy about a win. But hey, we're still happy with an outlaw win in general. Oh yeah, oh yeah. As we said, podium and four of the top five belong to the outlaws with Macedo, Shuhart, Hoddenshield, and Gravel. The lone posse member in the top five, Anthony Macri, with a strong run in fourth. And we're looking forward to some more Outlaw wins this weekend at Port Royal, too. Yes, but before we get to that, we have to uh, talk about our friends at Manscaped. Because as I'm sure you know by now, but even if you don't, their Performance Package 4.0 is available with the new Lawnmower 4.0 included in it. If you go to Manscaped.com and use the promo code OPENRED20, you'll get 20% off of your order plus free shipping. Uh, and that's always helpful. That that twenty percent off. That's a, a real nice thing. Comes with a really nice travel case, uh, a mat to stand on to make uh, your cleanup nice and easy after you clean yourself up. Uh, it's just, it's the perfect thing to have. Yeah, I heard now is the time to get your Christmas listens, everybody. So make sure uh, if you don't buy it for yourself, make sure you put uh, Manscaped on your Christmas list. I mean, now just, is... let them, just let you know, let them know. Open Red 20, 20% off. You're even helping them out. Yeah, now is the time to start uh, before you really get into that Christmas rush and things end up being uh, not available. Now is the time to get yourself started. So if you are looking for a way to get your Christmas shopping started, uh, go to manscaped.com, use promo code OPENRED20, 20% off plus free shipping, and get yourself the performance package 4.0. Yeah, you know, whether it's stocking stuffer, you know, uh, just maybe a hint for somebody, it's perfect gift all around. Agreed. Uh, seven races left, Nick. That's all we have in the 2021 racing season. A doubleheader at Port Royal is up next for the Outlaws. Yeah, Port Royal is such, that's another facility you got to go to if you haven't been to. It's such a nice, they've done a lot of upgrades to it. The grandstands are super nice. The pit area is really nice. Uh, the vendor row, there's all the kind of the fair food stands and things like that. That's another one that great racing and just kind of a, a really cool atmosphere to be there. Yeah, I I love how that town has like embraced 
the racetrack. Just, you know, there's houses right behind the backstretch, right outside of turn one and two. Uh, it's just a cool, cool thing. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's got to be fun just to have a racetrack in your backyard like that. I mean, I, I hope the people that live there do enjoy it because, like, how can you not? I bet you that guy outside of turn one didn't really enjoy it when that tire went through the side of his house that one time. Um, or maybe he did. Maybe he was at the track and saw it and was like, oh, that's expensive, but at least I got a cool story. Yeah, it's like, hey, I got a free tire out of it and my house got on TV. <laughs> win, win. That was so, That's just one of the unique <laughs> unique things about uh, Port Royal Speedway. The other not that's unique true. thing is just the fact that it, it puts on awesome racing. Yeah, exactly. If we, uh, we're going to see that again this weekend, uh, you know, again, there's some good these guys, some posse guys run decent there, but I, I think we'll see some uh, some strong outlaw contenders again. Maybe even Brad. I know Brad's won there a few times. Donnie's pretty good there, so who knows? I think if we're going to see a posse win, it's going to this year. It's going to come here. Obviously, it would have to because it hasn't happened yet this year. Uh, and I and I I say that not even joking. I say that because I realized halfway through that statement that that was just a moronic thing to say. Like, thanks, Captain Obvious. Um, but. Obviously, Logan Wagner is really strong there. And Anthony Macri is just lights out at, at Port Royal. So uh, coming off the heels of a really strong run at the National Open, uh, this this weekend it could happen, I think. Yeah, for sure. I think it was that Larson swept it last year. So uh, we'll see what happens this year. I'll see, like, Masuda was a surprise at Williams Grove. Maybe we'll get another surprise here at Port Royal. Only a few races left, and, I mean, uh, see what kind of wins guys can rack up now with Carson's at 10, Brad's at 16. That's ties his most for a season. See if he can add to that, get 20 before the season's over, or if Donnie can uh get a few more wins. I think it's it's been quite a while since he's only since he's got three right now. So I think it's yep. been a couple white, maybe almost I want to say almost maybe 20 or so years since he's had three or less wins in the season. That's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. So see if uh, break that streak or not. Port Royal will be a good one for him. He's run good there. Yes. Yes, he has. Uh, if you were in the area, uh, go to worldofoutlaws.com to get yourself some tickets. Uh, if you can't make it, we got you covered on Dirt Vision. Uh, and, and that holds true for all the remaining races of the season. And if you're wondering, once the season ends, what is there to watch? Uh, what can I use my Fast Pass for? Uh, now a would be lot. a good time to tell you. Uh, that we're going to have racing, sprint car racing, from down under in Australia. Uh, Perth, Australia, the Perth Motorplex will be back, excuse me, on Dirt Vision uh, once again for a third year. Uh, we love our friends at the Perth Motorplex. It's uh, fantastic people there, fantastic facility, fantastic racing. Um, so you can wake up in the morning, drink your morning coffee, and uh, just in time for the features from Perth, or if you want to watch the whole show, it'll be available later uh, later that day uh, in the exclusive section of the vault on DirtVision.com. Uh, and there will be other other races throughout. Uh, if you're a sprint car fan that also happens to enjoy late models, the uh, Extreme Series is back again, and we will have that as well. I believe that kicks off on November 20th and 21st uh, with a double header at Livonia Speedway and Cherokee Speedway for the Blue Gray 100, which is always an entertaining race. Um, so that'll be fun too. Uh, we, we'll have we'll have plenty of stuff to to keep you going, uh, and it is worth reminding because we actually do get this question a lot um, to the uh, Dirt Vision support 
email address, your annual fast pass is annual. It is not it is not a season pass. It is good for a whole calendar year from the day that you signed up. So if you sign up today on October 6th, even though there's only seven races left in the season, you will have it until October 6th next year when it will renew unless you cancel before then. It is not a season pass. It is a yearly pass. And I and promise it will you, include the Knoxville Nationals. Yes, it will include the Knoxville Nationals and the 360 Nationals. I, I promise you we get that question a lot, and that's why I'm saying that. Um, don't you don't feel like you have to cancel or something, or or your your whole subscription is is just ending, just because there's seven races left, and and once we hit world the end of the night on on Saturday of World Finals, it's over. It's not. You will have it for a whole year from when you signed up. Um, so if if you think like, oh well, there's only seven races left, I don't want to sign up now. Now is actually a really good time to sign up because you will have it all the way through till this point next year, including the Knoxville Nationals, uh, and and you'll be all set. You won't even have to worry about it next year. Yeah, um, there's no such thing as an off season anymore. Racing never sleeps for us. We've always got racing going on. Ab- absolutely, that is. 100% the case. Uh, and before you know it, we'll be back on the racetrack for the Dirt Car Nationals uh, Evolution. Yeah, that'll be fun. We've already got big plans for that, for sure. Got some big, big plans. All right, it's time to end, uh, I think, after that. I'm sorry, I just tried to sing. Uh, Nick, enjoy yourself some Super Dirt Week. And I uh, look forward to hearing all your fun stories when you get back into Concord next week. Yeah, I'll try not to freeze up here as we go. Who knows? It, it, it might snow. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, it's upstate New York. There's a yeah, it's, chance it's of anything. definitely upstate. Very upstate. Yes. Anyone who tells you otherwise is crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said. We're I can jump over the lake and I'm in Canada. So, yes. Anyone it, who tells you it's not upstate New York, they're it's just cold. absolutely crazy because it's it's basically Canada. Um. Anyway, on that note, it's time to end. Uh, until next week, I'm Rob Blount. I'm Nick Raziano. And uh, we'll, we'll catch you later. Bye-bye. Hashtag red. <laughs>